0: Welcome back to the celeb episode of the 7th Rounders. This is officially a 76ers free episode of the 7th Rounders. A little, I would call it a bonus episode. Uh, we've got some famous people joining us today. Everyone better sit down. Um, Buckle take up. A, take a deep breath. Before we get into this, uh, it's a privilege to announce that Connor, yet again, is has bailed on us. Uh, so the two people you're really here for to begin with, John and I, are going to be leading this program. And we've got some special people that we'd like to uh, introduce the world to. Uh, it's about time we got their names out there. Uh, we have a huge Yankee fan. Uh, you know what, John? I'll, I'll let John do the intro here. Uh, John, what do you have for the you, listeners?
1: Sir. First of all, I just want to say Connor, super selfish, once again, proving himself, um, putting himself first over uh, the seventh round conglomerate. Um, but, you know, it gives us an opportunity to get a little creative, let the juices flow. Um, you know, for the majority of my day, if you think of, think about for all my SpongeBob fans, you know, the scene, Patrick Starr, a little thought cloud goes up and all of a sudden it's just a spilled milk. That's my brain for the majority of the day. Um, but now I get a little chance to be creative. So here we are. Um, last minute text fired off. Um, frivolously trying to grab a couple of guests for the show. Happy to announce first guest of the day. You know, he's a versatile. He's an athlete. He will surprise you on the basketball court for both his stature, size, um, quickness, quick hands. He'll, he's not afraid to get dirty. Um, create a couple steals, some turnovers. He'll fire off a crisp little pass at you too. Um, the ace, folks. Without further ado, joins us for the first time. Um, Talk a little Eagles, talk a little Yankees.
2: How are we doing, fellas? How are we doing?
0: I think we found a Powers replacement. I'm going to be honest. You know, he brings that energy that we need. It's gotten a little stale recently, and I think the ace uh, is exactly what we need on this wonderful Wednesday night. Uh, We sit here recording,
2: and And I'd like you know what the best part is. I also I'm free of charge. You know, you don't have to pay me a thing to come out here connor
0: was getting expensive i will say so uh
2: recent contract talks were getting high and you know
0: it's no one wants that yeah he's getting stale with those uh you know those player options he just he was way too satisfied with his performance and uh we're ready for a change so to start out initial reactions ace give them to me what are your thoughts on uh the breaking news, the news of the week, really. Uh, late last night, around midnight, right. the news dropped that Garrett Cole is a New York Yankee. How'd you react?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, had some business ventures to take care of last night. It was a late one for me. Uh, I was just settling down for a long winter's nap when I got the update. Garrett Cole has signed with the Yankees for just an assload of $345 million. I was... I was shocked, to be honest with you. I was getting a little nervous from reports that the Dodgers were creeping in. You know, the Angels were, were up in their offers. At the end of the day, though, there's a reason he's called Brian Cashman. He gets the job done. He doesn't care how much it costs. We're bringing in the best pitcher, arguably, in baseball. And we're poised for, I would say, at least five to six years of World Series contention.
0: So that's uh, my first question. I wanted to ask you that five first five or six years. So there is a player option after year. I forget if it's five or six. So that will put him at it, it, it is, is five. five. So that'll put him at his age thirty four season. Do you like that move from the Yankees' perspective? You know, uh, a good chance that you you know you see a lot of these top end pitchers these days, whether it's Verlander, or Scherzer, pitching well into their mid thirties. Um, Do you like the move on the Yankees part, doing what they have to do to get the job done with that player option?
2: I love it, actually, um, for a couple of reasons. One, at that that point, he's going to be a little older. Not to say he's not going to be as effective, but it could give the Yanks an easy out into paying the rest of his contract if they didn't want. If he all of a sudden is still balling five years in and can get even more money by opting out, it's going to save the Yanks quite a good amount of money when it also starts to become that time where Mr. Aaron Judge is going to want a contract. Glaber Torres is going to want a contract. And maybe even El Gary, He might be getting a huge one, too. We'll see if he can step it up at the plate a little bit when it counts. But, uh, you know, I think it was well done by Cashman giving us options and giving Cole an option, too. Because if he can get more money and we can save it and keep our like, core players around, I'm all for it if it buys us a couple uh, World Series in the meantime.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. So, next uh,
2: kind of question I
0: had for say, you:
2: Oh, can ahead. I
1: say something real quick? Um, Garrett Cole, you know, I've i voiced my displeasure with everything. Just it's really it's not even the Yankees. I'm I'm happy for the guy. Um, I just think back, you know, Pittsburgh Pirates—they're like everyone's little brother. You know, they'll they'll find the guy, they'll take him. Actually, the Yankees did draft Cole first, and then he people forward, forget forward that. that. Yeah.
2: People forget
1: that. He was a first-round pick. He said, nope, I'm going to go to UCLA, and then he gets taken first overall by Pittsburgh. You know, puts up a couple really rock-solid seasons early in his career. Um, you know, the, the team doesn't win very often. You could tell he he wants to get out of there. He does that, has significant success. I would say he's probably the most valuable pitcher in baseball at this point as he's been rewarded as such. So, um, really, though, MLB just, you know, are the Pirates ever going to do anything? This is what it comes down to. No. No. Um, but here we are. Good for him. Just wanted to get that in there.
0: Thank you, John. Uh, I should have gone to earlier, a beloved Pirates fan here. And uh, he sees, you know, any talent Pittsburgh has is gone within, you know, a year or two. I couldn't imagine what he goes through on a, on a yearly basis. Uh, it's got to be devastating.
1: It is. It is devastating. I find myself rooting for like a guy like McCutcheon. He's on the Phillies, but I'm rooting for him more than I'm rooting for the Pirates, honestly. It's it's quite a dynamic. Uh, and speaking of the Phillies Chad, I know you had a question, but for both of you guys, Didi Gregorius, obviously he's gone signs with the Phils. Is he a guy like, you know, he's gone. Are you going to miss him more than just like looking in that rearview mirror for a second saying, hey, we had a good run and then looking forward or like, is he going to make a significant uh, impact negatively on your lineup?
2: Yeah, I I think there's a couple aspects of the Deedy signing. It's definitely going to help us a little bit in the cap space area. But um, two things I think it hurts. One is the clubhouse and just the vibe that he brought to the team. Uh, You know, the Sir Deedy tweets after every win. Just being that guy, always celebrating with the teammates, building that camaraderie. Uh, You know, people forget the the guy that was before him was uh, none other than Mr. Derek Jeter, and. Dee Dee did as good of a job as you probably could have of filling that void. No one can, but you know he he made people think of almost that captain like feel. Um, But I think where we're going to get hurt the most is flexibility on the infield now. By not having Dee Dee, it means Lemayhew's going to have to play second all the time, um, which means Luke Voigt's going to have to play first base. Who's just not necessarily the best fielder, whereas we could have had three phenomenal fielders in, you know, in a lineup at once. So I think that's where it's going to hurt a lot. Also, a lefty bat that we're losing on a predominantly right-handed uh, team, thats
1: also hurts as well.
0: I honestly could not have said it better.
1: Um, uh, uh, Chad uh, has said that twice uh, now. You know, uh, I haven't heard that. I've heard that there, Chad. You know, I there's no harm in that. I, oh, my God. I Chad's found he, he's found his soulmate.
0: I I feel like John, you can you can hop off if you'd like, and uh, Ace and I could Ace and I could finish the episode. We could talk for three to four hours, I think. Um, but no, oh, we I have a
2: day, dude. Make a
1: nice yeah. little day the, out of it. The chemi- the chemistry off the bat is alarming, honestly.
0: So I'd like to add with that, you know, infield flexibility. I guess the one thing that I'm really looking forward to now this year, um. Is I think this is gonna provide Tyler Wade with a real opportunity to solidify himself as that utility guy. You know, you got Glaber locked into short, um, really no one at second. So it's gonna be LeMayhew full time. And then you got Voight, and I'm drawing a blank on that other cat's name. Uh, who came in for Voight like after he got Mike hurt? Mike Ford. Mike Ford, yep. So it's gonna be, you know, those two at first. So I think this provides Tyler Wade with a really good opportunity. To, opportunity to uh, show what he has. You know, we had times last year where he received some playing time with the injuries, but neither anything consistent. So I like to see what uh, he can provide. And then they also have uh, the Estrada as well, who got pulled up midway through last year, who will I'm sure will see some time as well. So it'll be interesting. But I think uh, the issue there is, you know, if there is an injury, uh, if Glaber was to get hurt, pray to God, he doesn't or LeMay or you see an injury in the infield, it's going to create some issues. Um, but overall, you know what we did, what we had to do to get Cole, um, ace. I'm, I'm curious. So you see the Yankees the last few years, make some, you know, rotation additions, nothing major, but the likes of Hap or, uh, Paxton. And I don't want to say Paxton took a step backwards last year, but he definitely was not as good as he was with Seattle. Uh, the two years before that when he was healthy and hap was not as good as he was, uh, before he was traded from the blue Jays. Um, uh, part of me looks at that and I look at, uh, the pitching coach situation and obviously the Yankees have moved on and now have a new pitching coach. Uh, do you have any concern there? Are you optimistic about the Yankees new pitching coach? How do you, how do you feel about that from a, a development standpoint for Cole?
2: I feel fine. Honestly. Um, mostly because of not necessarily the pitching coach himself, but the development pieces we have in that clubhouse. I mean, you saw in the reports that Andy Pettit was a major reason that Cole signed with the Yankees. He's also one of the Yankees' you know, development pieces that we have to utilize. And, I mean, just look at the core of pitchers we've had in our history. I mean, there's no doubt Mariano's not dropping by from time to time to give some advice if he has to. I think Cole's already pretty much perfected his craft almost as much as he can. Things from now would just be fine-tuning, and I think he could get that advice on more of the intangible stuff like pitching in New York from, like, Andy Pettit and players like that. Um, I think regarding Paxton taking a little bit of a drop-off, in the beginning of the year, yes, but people do forget he was on a 14-consecutive start win streak at one point uh, and also pitched pretty well in the postseason considering the early struggles um half is just old I- i'm kind of out on half I-, I don't think he's going to be much of a of a big role piece I actually know that they're trying to get rid of him right now actually through trade just to clear up a little bit more cap space even if that potentially means tying a little draft pick or a or a prospect in with it um just because of garrett cole's massive deal coming in as well
0: so going off of that that last rotation spot uh so you know, a lot of people are looking at, you know, projections for next year. So Cole, Sevy, one and two. I personally think Paxton is still the third best pitcher on the roster. And then uh, Tanaka is going to be in that fourth spot uh, for 2020. Who do you want to see or what do you think is going to happen with that fifth spot? I personally see, you know, Irman. I don't know what his deal is, but he's obviously going to get some starts. I think they're going to give uh, Jordan Montgomery, um, an opportunity. I think Lowe we will see a few starts. You see, just a you know a constant rotation in that fifth spot just to limit some of those guys' innings.
2: Yeah, I could see a pitching by committee, if you will, um, in that spot. Definitely want to see Montgomery. He, I mean, he started fantastic before he had the injury. I think he could really be a key piece for us. Um, and then Herman was also arguably in contention for. You know, A.L. Cy Young before he got that suspension and went down as well. So, uh, I mean, I would like to see probably both and then maybe who, who's, st- who's the hot hand could be something that we go to. I don't know how sold I am on Loisaka. Uh, to me, every time he comes in, I, I judge it on am I nervous? And when he comes in games, most of the time I am pretty nervous. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm too confident on him. But Montgomery and Herman, I love. I think that they could be really good young pieces for us.
0: And then last note on that, uh, does this push the Debbie Garcia timeline back a bit, the Yankees' number one overall prospect who someone to see up at the end of last year if that wasn't the case? Do you see that pushing back his timeline? Do you see him now as a trade ship with Cole in the mix? What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I don't know if it necessarily pushes back his timeline. I could still see the timeline being whatever they had it being. Um, They're normally pretty stubborn on those things. And with their young players, they don't want to bring them up too soon. Uh, I mean, you look at a guy like even Aaron Judge, for instance, like kind of just burst onto the scene. And I think part of that is because of the way that we prepare them. And like they're already ready to roll by the time they get up there, full on professional mentalities. Um, And I think you'll see them for like little bits and pieces here, just like Estrada, but I don't think it's going to be – anything noteworthy or massive
0: okay john uh do you want to chime in at all you're a little quiet over there
1: yeah you know i'm I'm ready if 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 you guys are ready to christen a new topic and move to the nfl the ace you know big eagles fan here uh i just and people have been saying this the second coming of brian westbrook did boston scott single-handedly defeat the new york giants the other night
2: you know what i i think he did i think he i mean granted My quarterback, Carson Wentz, he played well down the stretch. Led two key drives, ending in touchdowns. But the spark that ignited the team was Boston Scott. The only time I ever thought I'd say I love Boston in any capacity. And this guy came in. The juke he put on Janoris Jenkins on the sideline, I got out of my bed. That's the only thing I have in the studio is a bed. But I got up. And, I mean, I was fired up. Gave me a little bit of that jolt of we might do this, even though we were playing a at the time two and ten Giants team. Um, know, but yeah, yeah, it was phenomenal.
1: Are we doing this? Is what we were thinking <laughs> as we saw that dude. And I pulled this up. I, I, you know, some people. I had taken a sabbatical this week from the the gambling side of things. You know, just need a break, mental a mental reset. But damn it, I pulled up that game and saw the Eagles sitting at plus three ninety. Um, didn't take it naturally. And I think they I told you to win. take it, dude. I'm I pretty think, sure
2: I said take it.
1: it. We were. I stayed true to, to you know the sabbatical. Um, kept it in mind. It's a it's a damn shame that I had had some self control in a moment where I didn't need to do it. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, is this the worst division in the last deck in the last decade? Like the the NFC East this year. What do you guys think? Is this the worst division we've seen?
0: There's got to be some AFC like,
1: South. I, 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 I believe are worse. the Redskins are the Redskins mathematically not eliminated yet, or are they out officially? Finally, you know what? Let's,
2: there's not many things I know except for the fact that they all suck.
1: It is not
2: a good division. Um, I don't know too much about the history and you know, art like what exactly was the worst division of all time, but just looking at the teams that are running out there and the performances I'm seeing, I'm not impressed when you have what. what? Doug Peterson saying the Miami Dolphins are a good team. That's just
1: alarming. And that's all you want to know. That's right. You know, you you guys, Chad, you know, big Dolphins fan, you guys faced off. That hurt That hurt the hell out of that that future under four and a half Dolphins bet there. Can't believe that I had to endure that. But in terms of confidence levels, sitting both at six and seven with Dallas, where do you sit? Like, do you think the Phillies going to sneak on in there?
2: I do. I, I am confident that we are still in a spot to get it done. like that we play them at home. I think we're a different team there at the Link. Been to a couple games this year. Uh, it's a good atmosphere, a lot of fun. The fans, as we know, are rowdy. Um, and, I, you know, it just takes one. It just takes one to get hot. Uh, yeah. And I think the snowball has started. And just It's rolling down the mountain now. We got the Skins this week, then the Cowboys.
1: I'll tell you.
2: Finish her off with the G-Men again, so.
1: I am praying that this that this game, week sixteen in Philadelphia against Dallas, is gonna be a snow game. That's a four twenty five slot on Fox. Romo Nance. Romo in gloves is one of the most handsome looks in <laughs> sports. They cut to the booth. He's got the the Parker coat on, or what is what has he got on up there? It's phenomenal. Every time he's got the gloves, dude. Calling the play before oh. it happens. Oh, I'm getting hot and bothered. Chad, anything from you for for you know this race here? I know you're a big Cowboys guy. You love Dak, you're a believer. <laughs> um
0: I was thoroughly disappointed in the Eagles. Just the fact that, you know, I really want to solidify that top three pick right now, and the, the Eagles just they gave me hope. Watching the watching Ryan Fitzpatrick run around out there was it was a sight. You know, I love myself some Fitz magic, but not the result I was uh, looking for Um, from, a, I guess, a 2020 draft perspective. You know, Eagles are coming up on the clock in in the first round, assuming they have a first round pick. Where would you rather have them go? Wide receiver or secondary?
2: I think not necessarily where I would rather them go. I think it's just where they have like they have to go. It, based on what I've seen, it's got to be a receiver. They're both piss poor, abysmal. I mean, we could have Clemens probably playing both sides of the ball out there, and I would be happier with what I'm seeing. But the amount of dropped passes that I have seen this year it, it, it is just astounding. I walked into a cheesesteak place, and out on the tip jar, it said, Nelson Aguilar is making nine and a half million, and I can catch better than him. And honestly, I agree. We got to get anyone we can. I wouldn't mind. Three picks of receivers give me everybody and just have a little like hands competition outside at practice and just throw the best one in and then cornerless we'll figured i will sign someone if we have to but i want anyone who can catch the ball for my damn quarterback
1: dude i and i heard this from the lovely molly quarum rose on first take today saying that if a single receiver went down after alshon went down Josh McCown was going to be in the slot for Philadelphia. That's, that's, he was their emergency and he, w- he would have gone in if, if one of their other options, uh, went and down.
2: sadly, you're not wrong. He does have, I think, a career four receptions or something I heard listening to the Philly beat radio in the mornings. Um, so I, I guess he can get the job done. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but
1: it's like I'm not too
2: I'm not too happy about McCown running out there. Uh, you know, for like a forty-yard fade or something. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, that's not what you want. Well, hey, you know, we appreciate your time on the show today. You know, hopefully, we can do this again a little, a little three-man dude date in the future. It's been real. It's been fun. Um, I know you guys hit it off, Anthony. Last question. Last thing to leave everyone with. I know you've dealt with it in the past. In your own words, one sentence. What's the best way to get over shin splints? Oh
2: gosh, I mean. I don't know if there is one way it takes a lot of dedication and just nurturing. Uh, one of the worst injuries I've had by far, but you just got to go with the old ad and just stay off your feet, you know, give them a little bit of a break, maybe replace the soles in the shoes. I think I was wearing the same pair for seven years um, playing basketball every day. I, the cartilage has to be gone. Um, but you know, just, just give yourself a break, take a day off, go get a cheesesteak, get some ice cream, throw on the podcast and relax
1: love it all right well hey you have a safe evening don't do anything i wouldn't do out there
2: i definitely won't uh, i can definitely say i won't do anything near what you would do out here but uh chad it was a pleasure thanks for having me uh it was appreciating go yanks baby
0: go yanks
2: please sir i want some more
0: welcome back to the m&m segment um Our dear, dear friend, possibly our biggest fan. Is it? Is it safe to say? Potentially our biggest fan outside of your father, of course, John. Is this the?
3: If not, there's a problem.
1: I mean, with with the guests on today, I think they're definitely towards the top. Evan, how long did it take
3: (laughs) you to think of? That was nice. That was nice.
0: (laughs) That was quick. You know, I was was just—he's in my head. He's constantly in my head. You know, I see. Doesn't like the tweets. Yeah, I constantly see him on Twitter, and it's just you know Eminem at this point. Um, He's always there. Just he's reading everything, he's listening to everything, so he's he's there to catch us off guard. Um, I consider him, you know, possibly the seventh rounder fan of the year. Um, Maybe some. We may have to hook him up with some merch or something, just based on the performance we've had from him. You know, devoted fan. um, Devoted dude. He loves everything about it. Uh, he's not there for, you know, 95% of my takes, which, you know, I need some <laughs> constructive criticism every once in a while. So uh, Gotta keep you on your toes, dude. Oh, yeah. Eminem, I'll start up with a quick question. Aaron Jones or Josh Jacobs?
3: I mean, where do you think I'm going to go with this one? Aaron Jones, dude, the guy is a yak machine when he's out of the backfield. It's a, he's, he's a bouncy, nifty little runner, dude. He is.
1: Chad, can I ask you a question off of that? What's with your, like, you know, just the OTPHJs in in the way of Josh Jacobs on your end? Like, where where is this coming from? Why do you love this man so much?
0: I'm a big rookie running back fan um, in general. You know, I've just, you know, been looking around the league and you see the fall off that has uh, taken place with, you know, a guy like Todd Gurley, uh, even a little bit Melvin Gordon. And these these NFL running backs, the the shelf life is freaky short. Uh, so you got to hop on the bandwagon of some of these young guys while you can, because in reality, it could only be three years, and uh, uh, he could be um, out of not out of a job, but uh, a no name at some point. So,
1: dude, I, I am. Can I? Is it safe to say that Alabama is kind of running back you right now?
3: Absolutely. They're I mean, attended. and
1: they've had. And they've had their bust, dude. I, I would say I don't know about you guys, Ingram Ingram, Ingram, Henry, and Jacobs are three of the three in the top ten, probably. But and I they think the run most, hard. Yeah. You don't want to get in front of them. No. And I would say that the most intimidating thing in the entire NFL is Derek Henry's mess of hair. Whatever it, is, it does, dude. It does not move. He looks it like
3: Predator. You ever see Pre- alien versus Predator? That's him. With that friggin' That's, hair, dude.
1: I think if you touch that hair, you it's like electrocutes you. I, so, it doesn't move.
0: A little trio battle off. And I, I'm probably on board with the Alabama trio of, but who would you go with? Would you go Ingram, Henry, uh, Jacobs, or would you go Chubb, Gurley, Michelle? Ooh, uh, Michelle sucks.
3: Yeah. Michelle it's has been like, he's yeah. been so useless his second year. They literally, like, when I watch him run, it looks like his legs are just stuck in mud. The the guy went from being so promising. I remember at UGA when he was running around the Rose Bowl, him and um whoever the guy is there now, Swift against Baker in the Rose Bowl. It was unbelievable. I thought this guy was gonna be the next coming of Bo Jackson. And then uh, I, now he's just useless.
1: I was real high on Michelle. I was horrified when New England drafted him.
3: Oh, me too. He was dominant. And, I mean, and it was dying in
1: some we saw him yeah. in
3: person at Georgia. They drafted the guard, too, or the tackle win. Isaiah Win, yeah. And then, and then now Michelle is just like, I mean, when you're losing carries to Rex Burkhead, you got a problem. I'm just going to say that. Brandon Bolden suddenly is getting the ball on the backfield. The that guy's teamer. been on the team yeah. for eight years, and all of a sudden he's getting carries because Sony Michelle stinks. Yeah,
1: Brandon Brandon Bolden's an anomaly. I think he has like one 100 yard game every year for the last 45 years or so.
3: Dude, I think he has more touchdowns this year than he's had in like his career, and it might be like four.
1: He's a guy too. I don't. I I can't even judge how big he is. I, he could be six five two forty, or I honestly view him more as like five three.
3: He has one twenty five. Orange dread, dude. The orange looking dread thing. Scary, scary player.
1: I can't peg him. But anyway, the the bulk of, you know, the the AFC pretty much blows. It's the Ravens and everyone else. The NFC is absolutely delightful. Uh, obviously, you're a Packers fan. They're up there. The Saints and 49ers just duked it out in the game of the year. But what do you think, Matt, overall about the NFC? Scary, dude.
3: As a Packers fan, I mean, it kills me to say it, but. If they don't host the home playoff game, I just think that San Fran, New Orleans, even Seattle, they're just so dominant. Like, San Francisco and New Orleans last week, where was the defense? And all I've heard about is number two ranked defense. That was just a play calling clinic. It was like trick plays, Jimmy G throwing 75-yard bombs, our boy, John Debo Samuel, lighting it up per usual. He's a fast mother effer, dude. It's wild. It's He's also wild.
1: not fun. He, he runs really hard.
3: He's thick.
1: I think he got faster. He, he,
3: he had to have gone
1: faster. He's their, he's their number two option buying Kittle. It's incredible. Oh, he's our
3: number one wide. Also, Handles, this, this – Sanders wasn't doing that well. He had a good – our first first game there, and then he just died out until this last This
1: class of wide receivers is one of the best we've had recently. Metcalf's been a tank. A.J. Brown in uh, Tennessee's been a tank. Dude, imagine people
3: – people didn't want Metcalf.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's – What, I mean – what a, embarrassing. What,
3: that's stupid.
1: I, I mean, think what His idiot. best comparison – his best comparison is like Camara – Coming out, not because of the size, dude, but Camaro was completely underused at Tennessee and Metcalf was completely underused at Ole Miss. And I think that's why people are hesitant on both. Yeah. And here we are. Um, I don't know. I think
3: the Niners are probably... it's, It's them and the Ravens as far as who I think the best teams in football are. And I think New Orleans is right there in terms of the NFC. And then... To me, like Seattle's good, but I think it's only because of Russell Wilson. The guys putting the team on his back. Um, to me, in some sense, he's almost more impressive than Lamar, just because I don't think his team is that good. That's just me, but obviously Lamar is the MVP of the league. Guys putting everybody on skates, but you know. So and then you can... have the NFC East. Oh yeah, trash, dude. A was Anthony fired up about
1: his <laughs> Eagles, was he talking about his Eagles? Oh, he was. He was big time. <laughs> Can
3: only imagine. Listeners dude.
1: Heard all about that. We've we've went over, you know, Boston Scott's the next uh, Brian Westbrook and all uh, that. That player. that is our guy,
3: Boston Scott. Yeah, that this team might is so miserable.
1: Kind of little little bit the Boston Scott episode to a sense. The Boston Scott coming out party. We might have to get him on the show. This is the Seventh Rounders podcast is officially a Boston Scott podcast. Of you be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So looking at the NFC standings right now, it looks like, you know, it looks pretty set in stone for the most part. Obviously Seattle's a game back from San Fran. Uh, we still expect San Fran to win the West. So looking at that second wild card spot, um, Seattle locked into that first wild card spot. Looks like a battle right now between the Vikings and the Rams. Vikings nine and four, Rams eight and five. Do you guys are you guys locked in on Minnesota as that second wild card? Or do you think the Rams could give them a little run the last three weeks? I ago? think
3: I think that who it is right now, the six that are in right now, is who it's going to be. But um, I don't see Green Bay as a two seed. I see them as a three seed. Only because I think um, Green Bay has to play Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit. I think those first two could go either way. Could be loss-loss. Could be wins-wins. Um, I just don't think Minnesota is going to drop out of the wild card pick. I mean, they could still easily win the division. So, I don't think the Rams are going to have enough to jump. They have a tough game with Dallas this week. Dallas coming off three straight losses, dude. In Dallas, they're going to be fired up. This is essentially playoff football for them. You all, like, I keep telling myself, not a like, must win situation, can't lose, but I've been saying that to myself about Dallas for the last three weeks, so I mean, whatever. But yeah, I think the six right now are who's going to get in.
1: Dude, I'll tell you, I the Rams, Chad, I know you picked them for the Super Bowl. Um, they're getting hot. They're getting hot. They're getting goes. hot when they need to. I don't want hot. And really just the last two weeks. But they, they've got an uphill battle. They do play Dallas and the 49ers back-to-back before probably just demolishing the Cardinals again. Um, Chad, is there any shot your your early preseason Super Bowl pick, the Rams, uh, sneak in to the six?
0: Um. I don't know who. So I know Minnesota has Green Bay again. I don't know who Green else.
1: Green Bay. You have Chicago, maybe. San Diego Chargers and the Bears.
3: That's. Do they not, have to go
1: out west? They do.
3: That's mm-hmm. not easy. And that is not a Chargers
1: easy. team who just put up a forty-five spot on Jacksonville.
3: Yeah.
1: So Philly Rivers is hot.
3: December football is weird. You never know.
0: I think people are going to want Minnesota or people um speaking from, you know, the other NFC playoff teams. I think they'd rather have Minnesota in than, uh than the Rams. I think Ram, the Rams as a six seed would scare the daylights out of people.
1: For, for whatever reason, I feel like that they are going to sneak in the Vikings. Definitely. I believe have the hardest schedule left. They do play Chicago as well. And they are also playing significantly better than earlier in the season. So I think the Rams sneak into the six, um, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what's going to happen after that. I'm excited, though.
0: So, hypothetically, we could see a a Green Bay, um, L.A. Ram, uh, wild card game, and then a – who would it be? Dallas and Seattle?
1: Yeah, Matt would lay a log in his pants if it was Green Bay against the Rams.
3: I don't want that, dude. No,
1: Jared Goff in the cold. Bring it on.
3: Let's go. That's easy money, dude. That guy crumbles. He's like Drew Brees outdoors. It's fine. I would much rather that than Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook in the cold. It's facts. That team's yeah. good. Vikings are a good team. They are. Yes. It's uh, just like so frustrating. It has to be so frustrating if you're a Rams fan or even a Bears fan. You're getting hot at the right time, but then Dallas is going to make the playoffs because they're going to yeah. win a division at like 7-9. and
1: nine. They, they yeah. honestly might.
0: I agree. And a quick – I wanted to take a look at this pitiful AFC for the most part. Um, the hottest team in football, one of the hottest. I'll is, say the hottest, is, Tennessee is, is Titans.
1: The, is the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: <laughs> it's got to be the Titans. Dude,
1: and we, hey, and we said it a couple episodes ago. I don't think it was the direct last one. I believe it was two or three ago. The Titans were the team to beat, I think, in the South – I don't know if they'll win that division, but damn it, they're a playoff team. Tannehill. Tannehill, dude.
3: He's the best like QBR in football right now.
1: I he don't... took the reins.
0: Honestly, outside of Baltimore, like if Tennessee winds up winning that division, um, I think they could roll through. It'll probably wind up being who? Pittsburgh and Buffalo with the wild card games. Tennessee's yeah. interesting. It would not surprise me if, at all if we see a a Tennessee-Baltimore AFC championship game.
1: Wow. Wow. And that the Texans and Titans do play twice with the same record. Yes. Last the Titans also have the Saints. So you really got to hope you beat Houston twice there if you Tennessee. No doubt. I think that New England... He's
3: going to lose in the Divisional. I think it's going to be Lamar versus Patty Mahomes in the AFC ship, if that seating is possible. I think for an entertainment aspect, that would be unbelievable, and I wouldn't know what to do. It'd be so much quarterback play that I, I don't think I'd even want to get up from the frigging couch all day.
1: i be is glued. there – is there a chance in hell that we see the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons to the AFC Championship game?
3: Dude, if they get a home game, run the rock, play D.
1: Buffalo, in the wintertime, if they do, I mean I, – Well, I no, they're, they're going to be a wild possible. card. I guess yeah. they
3: could still win the division. They, they play New England. They
1: do play, they do play New, England. New England. They play the Steelers and Jets. It would not be – Crazy to see Buffalo run the table here and win that division. I'm I'm saying it wouldn't be crazy. It you hate
3: to really see it. Bad, dude. When have you yeah. seen such panic from Pats fans? It's amazing.
1: It's the it's the greatest thing that's happened in, in recent memory, honestly,
3: dude. The cheating, get these. Oh, they're just so aggravating. God
1: forbid one game call against the Patriots. I know, and everyone was
3: yelling and complaining and they, about these, these
1: stupid-ass
3: calls. Remember what happened in the Steelers game when he caught the ball, went over the line, and they said it wasn't a catch? Dude, Shout, and, out, and, shout out Connor Heath, John. Man. Oh, well, he had another chance and threw a pick. Yeah, well, Brady didn't convert on, four, on fourth down. Idiot.
1: Even if I believe they, they ended that drive where he really scored, but they called him out. I think they ended that with a field goal. They still would have needed to score again.
0: So, stupid, who's to dude. say what
1: could have happened? It's ridiculous, honestly.
0: M-
3: so, missed a field goal.
0: John, question for you Who has a worse wide receiver corpse? The New England Patriots or the Georgia Bulldogs?
1: Or the Philadelphia Eagles? Those you are three tried. really, <laughs> really bad receiving corps, dude. Really bad.
3: So pathetic. But honestly,
1: I think New England, if Nikhil Harry gets going, him and Edelman.
3: They played him two plays
1: yeah, and I don't get it. I really don't understand. Makes, no, is
3: Belichick, I mean, I'm not, I'm here sitting on Skype talking like, about it, but like, d-
1: disciplinary shit. I, I don't know, but you got to play the guy because he's significantly better than everyone else. Dorsett is the most unbelievably mediocre receiver who gets playing time in the NFL. Sanu sucks. Sinu gets traded there. Yeah, he's made no impact. They, they just haven't. Everyone was
3: like, oh, just give him the Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: Dude, but they're really missing. They they have no tight end. They are last in the league.
3: Yeah.
1: Tight ends. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy.
3: I don't know. all I know is I don't think anyone fears that team. Also their defense. Great defense. I'm so sick of historically great. When you play Sam Darnold, friggin' Fitzpatrick and all these yeah. other bums, dude. Uh, they even played oh they did play Darnold. you were seeing ghosts. That's right. I will
0: be the one to apologize. And I think I did last week or two weeks ago. I I had a bad take on that. I think after week six, I was I was uh claiming that Pat's D one of the best ever. And you drank uh, like, the Kool-Aid, dude. I would like to take that back
3: now. You drank um, the Kool-Aid.
0: Although oh, they, did yeah. not, they did not play oh, terrible yeah. against
3: Mahomes, holding
0: Mahomes to twenty. Oh, no, they're
3: they're still a good defense. That's not what I'm saying, but yeah, they're like, oh, they're scoring. When's the last time that they had a touchdown on special teams or and defense? Yeah, that's all. That's all they were doing earlier,
0: and it yeah. masked
3: all the problems that Brady was having because they would put up thirty, and like twenty-one of it was coming from the defense.
0: So do, do you consider that? So I look right now, and I think you know Baltimore Buffalo have probably the two best defenses in football. You put New England third. Niners. A, who? Niners. Niners as well.
3: Only Niners reason is the because best. I think I think their pass rush is it's got to be number one in the NFL. I'm pretty sure it's probably ranked number one in the NFL. But in terms of I, I mean, actually, I, watched, I watched Bosa just destroy the Green Bay Packers. That D-line is unbelievable. And they're all young.
1: They're all first-round picks who hadn't blossomed yet, and now they have the Sa- prop- Sa- does
3: that guy Solomon Thomas even play? Yeah. I don't think he sees the field. I think mean, he's like a rotational guy. That's how loaded. loaded they are. A third overall pick, he's a rotational guy. I mean, it's just that team's sickening, and it's so damn annoying. They got that handsome ass Jimmy G dude leading the charge. They got a Debo Samuel Kittle was dragging people by the face mask, running down the field last week. Dude, I
1: think I, I honestly I haven't pulled up right now. I'm looking at a future bet on the Niners to win the Super Bowl. I might I might place it. They're so good. Yeah, they're good, They go into the Superdome, throw up 48, and their defense doesn't even play well. That hasn't happened all year. They're unbelievable.
3: Shanahan's a a wizard. He's a wizard, dude. Do you see these play calls? It was ridiculous. I love the trickery, dude. It gets me so fired up. Especially, you know it was a good trick play with the Pats. Damn it, dude. I hate to admit it. And then also... That's the thing about when you watch New England. When you see Brady get fired up, when he had that fourth and goal, or fourth and nine or whatever, and he ran like 15 yards and he got up. And then Bill Belichick gave us a first down signal. I was almost rooting for him. I really (laughs) was. People are going to kill me for saying that now.
1: I mean, it's just different. It's just different with the pads struggling. I, it's, I don't know how to react or even what's wrong,
3: dude. You feel like everyone else has a chance. Watch, wow, still so make us all miserable.
1: So what's, at this point, if you could predict a Super Bowl matchup to leave, leave the listeners with, Matt, what are you saying? What do you got for us? Week, pre-week 15 edition Super Bowl prediction.
3: Um... I got to go Lamar. Ah. I'll go with Lamar, but I have a weird feeling. There's always that one team every year that's always rolling. Chiefs last year, Cowboys a few years ago with Green Bay beat them. That's always rolling, 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 young players, and then they get stumped in the playoffs. I have a weird feeling that's going to happen. To the Ravens or the Niners this year, but I think it's gonna happen to Lamar. And I'm gonna pick the Ravens though for now, just because I think they're head over heels the best team in football right now. I gotta go with my pack, dude. Come on, I gotta wow. pick, them. I can't pack. Not pick them. I cannot, and that'll be the worst matchup ever. Because if you know anything about the Green Bay Packers, they cannot cover a running quarterback. Shout out Colin Kaepernick. Um. I gotta so pick you, my guy, dude. You are not? Uh, if they get a home game, Rod, so gonna work the magic, dude. We'll do, be fine.
1: Dude, the Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl.
3: Absolutely, dude. I got money on wow. it too. It's my team, dude. You got? They got ten wins wow.
1: for a reason. Wow. And Chad, everyone, still...
3: everyone's sleeping on them, dude. Sleep on them. It's fine. We got twelve at the helm, dude. Just wait, December. December, January, you gotta come to Lambo. Just saying, I, mean, I
1: don't hate it. If if they do get a, a, a one or two seed, I hearing love it. all. He's hearing all the noise, dude. That's when he plays
3: his best. If they beat Chicago this week tough. in an impressive win, just, people are gonna start to be like, "Oh shit!" Like, he's a bad man, at Stephen A. <sighs> Chad,
1: Are you still? Uh, are you still the on the Rams, Ram,
0: dude? I. I'm, you know, I'm adjusting my AFC. So my preseason picks were uh, New England, uh, LA. I'm switching it. Oh, my Super rematch. Bowl. My Super Bowl as of today is Tennessee, LA. Oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, dude, if that uh, happens, dude, you might as well just play the lottery. You should put that in, dude. You could probably make millions if you win that bet. You call hours. that call that into Vegas. That I mean, you, there's a very good chance that neither of them make the playoffs. There,
0: there is that. Possibility.
3: Mean, like, that's just.
0: I like I like what Eminem said about you know these young quarterbacks. I really like saying Eminem. Just want to point that out, yeah, but I mean. these. These young quarterbacks coming into big playoff games, and that's why I'm worried about Lamar. I think he could get stumped somewhere. I think Tennessee, Tennessee has a very good defense, I would like to say. <laughs> they
1: do. I, dude, I, I don't even hate the Titans in there. I don't. That, the Rams aren't going to be in it, but I don't even hate the Titans side of your pick. I have the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers winning. I like that. That would be a wonderful matchup. That would be a very exciting matchup. Dude, don't
3: you just think that, like, Lamar, he's going to have to, like, play Brady, that defense, and it's going to be like a snow game or something that he's not going to be able to throw the ball or run the ball like he he normally can, and he's just going to get upset. Like, I, I see it coming, dude. It happens every year. I'm telling you right now. Mahomes last yeah. year ran into Brady, didn't even see the ball.
1: I mean, I I love Mahomes. I'm.
3: I like Mahomes too, dude. But I mean, that'd be a
1: good matchup. But the Niners, mainly because I just took them to win the Super Bowl, uh, Errantly, probably. We'll look back on this one. I'll remember the moment with Eminem. Why and do Chad. I
3: feel like? Why do I feel like we're we're missing like an AFC? team? Who are the division we're leaders? Not.
0: Uh, Patriots, Steelers, no, no, not no. Steelers. That's Patriots, Steelers. Texans.
3: Chiefs. I at least, I at least feel like there aren't any cakewalks this year. Maybe Dallas, if Philly gets in, dude. I'll be just—that's a cakewalk. That team is so bad. Yeah, the only reason Dallas worries me is because they do have talent. Philly is not good. Like their offense is so bad. Dallas just is just not a not clicking.
1: I think it's one of the most open, uh, most open and exciting seasons we've had. I can't wait for the playoffs. It's going to be a drunken time. I can't wait.
3: Oh, absolutely! Speaking of drunken times, ready for a little, a little Santacon? I actually came into this interview a little, uh, little questionnaire for you two here. All right, let's getting do in it. The, getting in the holiday spirit with Santacon coming this weekend. Uh, top christmas movies
1: do you want us to rattle one at a time just just like one off
3: you a couple dude
1: give me a couple i mean you gotta go with elf that's a no brainer that's an absolute no brainer Uh,
0: the og santa claus is coming to town
3: i'm a home alone guy the grinch you kidding me
1: the, the Grinch, that's what I was going to say. So now I'm having a moment right here Honestly, where I can't think of something.
0: Not, not, a, not a, uh, technically a Christmas movie, but Miracle. That puts me in the holiday spirits uh, right around Now Christmas I have a question.
1: This is a polarizing movie. You either love it or you think it's weird creepy and hate it. Polar Express.
3: I think it's creepy and I hate scary. it. And Very it was scary. Very <laughs> scary. <laughs> One of my least favorite movies of all time, if we're being honest. I don't think I've ever even seen it full through because I get creeped out. But shout out my guy Tom Hanks. Office
0: Christmas Party?
3: That's a great movie. That is a great movie. Shout out, uh, what's that dude's name? It's with Olivia Munn. Jason Bateman, that's who it is.
0: What about um, Bad Moms is Christmas?
3: I don't know what that is. Bad
1: mom. <laughs> Dad, you lost me on that one. you lost me on that one. John, what, about,
3: what about Christmas songs?
0: Before Christmas songs, the I Hallmark Christmas it. movies. I, I love them. I
1: completely blanked on any of every other Christmas movie. I'm about to out at this Christmas point. I'm exhausted. Movies. I'm exhausted thinking about them.
3: Christmas songs? Christmas songs, songs uh, Paul McCartney, dude.
1: Dude, here's... I mean, all I want for Christmas is you. The Michael Blue Blake Christmas album, the Justin Bieber Christmas album, the Jonas Brothers Christmas album.
3: Just literally name every album, not a song.
1: Jesus Christ, we're gonna have the seventh rounder's Christmas album soon. Everyone's making one.
3: We might as well. I had a
1: thought today. Could you imagine if, like, the baby made a Christmas album?
3: I'm sure I'd see it posted on your Instagram. Gucci Mane dude
1: could see a Gucci Mane Saint Brick intro. A little safer yeah, intro, too. That's a good Christmas song.
3: We can't We can't play that one for the kids at home, dude.
1: Well, anyway, Chad, any closing thoughts here before Matthew sails off into the sunset on his uh, trusty noble steed?
0: Eminem stepped it up tonight. Very impressed. Um, I'm willing to negotiate a contract to bring him out or bring him back uh, for a wow. future episode. Uh, Did you get that? You'll have
1: think- to find out.
3: Yeah, a one. You have found out, but the
1: listeners have already found out. So this is inception. What's happening right now?
3: That's kind of crazy.
1: Back to the future.
3: Drop a uh, drop a follow on your boys' Twitter. Let me know if Anthony is getting hired as well. Because if he does, I I want no part of this. We'll
0: provide Eminem and (laughs) uh, Aces' Instagram and Twitter handles uh, below.
1: You are pointing down like we are watching this visually. We are not, folks. We're listening. Bad radio. Matt, thanks for your time. We'll see you on the stage. Thank you,
3: fellas. It was a good time. It's a pleasure.
0: Two one. Welcome back to, you know, the third segment here. Um, we have another special guest on. We're gonna we're gonna go with DT. Uh the man's <laughs> name is Drew. Uh, we're going nicknames all across the board tonight. So we wanted to wrap up uh, with a little college football talk. You know, we're we're switching it up today. I usually start out with college football. Um, but we're going to shorten that segment up, uh, hit on a little playoff talk, and, of course, the Cox. And we uh, you know what? We're going to get here's, right into it. Oh, wow. Here's the thing. Wow.
1: And, and the reason, dude, we got so much time before these bowl games. We'll have this whole bowl preview once. And this is the third time I'm saying it, our selfish – uh, third man, he's now our third man, Connor. Um, he's just around when he wants to be, uh, but we'll have a more extensive <laughs> bull preview down the road. But I mean, honestly, like I keep saying, I'm glad he's gone, so we have the chance to uh, have these lovely gentlemen join us today. Drew, what do you got for us? What are your initial thoughts, being a, as a part of this? I know you've wanted this; has been a dream of yours.
4: Yeah, of course. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, my my first initial thoughts is as we touched on a few minutes ago. I mean. LSU deserves that number one spot. Ohio State does not have the resume that LSU does, and watching every minute of the UGA game on Saturday with a ton of UGA fans, it was, it was embarrassing on their part. There wasn't a single thing on the field, a single facet that they won, and they just they, just kicked, they, just, they dominated the field up and down it. Uh, I just really think that they deserved it, and that just exemplified how their season has gone. I mean, Burrow's a dog, and uh, he deserves that number one spot. So, now, Drew,
1: as Ken, real quick, Drew, can you confirm you did take the Georgia Bulldogs money line in that game?
4: <laughs> I did. I took the Georgia Bulldogs money line in that game, and I regretted it from the moment that kickoff went off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, as uh, uh, Gamecock fans here um, – not huge fans of the georgia bulldogs i would imagine however i'd like to start with you know a little kirby smart talk is rick 2.0 another guy that's you know just not gonna get the, he'll never win a national championship at georgia
1: dude uh, he, I, he people have been calling him will must champs just with more talent around him I've, I've
4: heard that as well he uh he doesn't take advantage of his stars i mean you got Swift. Why aren't you feeding the beast? You got to feed the beast every minute against that porous LSU defense. I mean, Ed's, I mean, obviously they're an sec team, but they don't have the defense that they've had in years past. And I don't understand why you're not feeding the number one back in college football, at least 25 times.
0: I, I completely agree with that. I am uh, definitely in line. He is the best running back in college football. I think he'll be the best pro um honestly watching him. you know, I've watched quite a bit of Georgia uh, the last few years. And I think even when he was on the same team as Sony, Michelle and uh, Nick Chubb, I thought he was easily the most talented guy uh, on the, on the roster. And I just, you, you look at Kirby smart and uh, about as good as you can get from a recruiting standpoint, he's going to get whoever he wants year in and year out. But the in-game play calling, you know, you've seen it the last, Two years against Alabama in the national championship and then the SEC championship last year and then LSU um this past weekend. It's the play calling is frightening. And then the 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 development standpoint. Uh From has I it's hard to say, but From has gotten worse since his freshman year and uh it's just it's borderline embarrassing.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. Agree. I mean you watch You watch a guy like Fields, Fields goes to Ohio State. He's the second-best quarterback in college football now, right? Like, all it took was a little bit of getting under Kirby Smart's thumb, and now the man is the most – stat. he has the best stats out of anyone in college football.
0: Yeah. So, and then from the – I want to mention the play calling. So, I could not – so, Georgia has – I thought going into that game, the best defense in college football, Um, that could still be up for debate after what they did against LSU. But, you know, you know what you had to do against LSU. You can't give Burrow time in the pocket to throw the ball because he, anytime he had, he had time all year, he was going to absolutely light it up. And Georgia decides to drop what eight guys and, and rush three at points in that game. And it just, like, it was bizarre that he was not blitzing on any second and third and long. At least try and put pressure on Burrow. Because LSU's run game is is good, not great. It just, it was baffling to me.
1: I, I, um just while we were talking about, I was kind of thinking about what we have involved here. Specifically, Drew said second best quarterback, Justin Fields. But have you just looked at and thought about the four quarterbacks that we have in the playoff this year? This has to be the best Oh, it's crazy. Uh, four quarterbacks that we've had in any playoff ever. With with Burrow, Fields, Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts. That's unbelievable.
4: But there's a huge drop off in the skill level between the first three you mentioned and then Hurts. Hurts yeah. is not a good quarterback, but he's got the best receiver in college football who he can use as a safety blanket no matter any time he gets in trouble.
0: And I think the coaching, the I don't know if it's a development standpoint, but just um, put it. Lincoln Riley is just as good as it gets at putting quarterbacks in situations to be successful. Um, you know, yeah. you can say the same about Saban with Tua, but you know, Tua was put in situations he, he, where he got injured, and you Hertz, have not seen that with any of the Oklahoma quarterbacks.
1: Hurts is Dude. definitely talented enough to find himself in the best quarterback system in the country and succeed. So that's why they've been as good. If their defense shows up like they did against Baylor, it's not going to matter. They're not going to beat LSU. But they can keep it close for a half, close enough before LSU just buries them in the second half. But I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. Like They're going to have to have the best game of the year after coming off their best game of the year. LSU, though, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in a couple episodes in the future, but LSU is going to blow them out.
4: Do you think Baylor's a good football team?
1: I think that they're maybe the toughest dude because of their coach not necessarily the most talented but I, I that was a good win um and they did beat him twice which is really tough to do mm-hmm. against a top 10 team i don't know but like i said lsu is gonna lsu is gonna smoke him
0: i you know what i think i don't know if they're gonna smoke them but i see that 46 you know 34 type game that's that's close going into the fourth just because i don't think gonna be able to stop the oklahoma offense i i really don't and and vice versa obviously but i think it's going to be a high scoring um close game closer than the experts think
4: yeah <laughs> yeah i agree definitely
0: but from the oklahoma perspective i was reading or might have been a podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about the the quarterback situation at Oklahoma. And so, going into this year, Oklahoma um, signed uh, his name is Spencer Rattler, a five star quarterback, uh, the number two quarterback in the class. Would they have been better off just starting this kid from day one and letting him develop throughout the year? Because I think they could still be in this situation right now with a with a true freshman quarterback. There's not any other games on on their or on their um schedule that they would have lost. Like they could very easily be is, eleven is and he, one as
1: well. Is he redshirting?
0: I would assume. I don't think he's playing the game.
1: If he's he redshirting did. he's redshirted. I, I don't hate it at all because I mean being able to work under a quarterback who's been to the playoff before and going back and just seeing like that the Kind of the behind the scenes stuff and how to learn there is is good without actually being in the game. Cause he'd probably show up in the playoff and I don't know if, how you know how he's gonna do against a team like LSU, but I don't know. I don't so, think it's bad if he's not losing a year.
4: Correction there. He is not a redshirt. He's active. He wow. played in two games this year.
1: I think you can play in less than four. I think they changed the rule and he could still okay. redshirt. Yeah, I, I be- believe
0: it's it's four less games and you can redshirt. Okay. Um So before we move on to the Cox, I think we should just go quickly. Um, Offensive units, defensive units, rank these playoff teams by unit. Um, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. Defensively, I would say Clemson, uh, number one, Ohio State, two, LSU, three, Oklahoma, four. Offensively. Um, I would probably, uh, I mean, you have to go LSU 1, Ohio State 2, Oklahoma 3, uh, Clemson 4. What do you guys think of those?
1: Uh, I would go, if I'm going with defense, I'm saying Ohio State 1, Clemson 2, LSU 3, Oklahoma 4. Offense, LSU, o- or LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson. Okay. I think that's the same as your offenses, too. Yeah. But I had Ohio yeah. State number one. Drew?
4: Yeah, so I'm I'm right there with you on defenses. I mean, Ohio State number one, uh, a very clear number one for me. I mean, Chase Young's the best yeah. player in the in the country. It's not even and, close there.
1: And Okud is the best corner. He got hurt, but he'll be fine with, with a lot of time to rest. Oh He's yeah. a and this, stud, too.
4: Yeah. And then the number two, again, There's there's a big gap between one and two. Clemson two, then I'd say Oklahoma. I mean, if if they can turn it on like they did against Baylor, I've seen nothing out of LSU's defense all year, right, that, that has shown me that they have the ability to turn it on and stop these three elite offenses with three great quarterbacks. So LSU three and – or Oklahoma three, then LSU four on D. Uh, then number one – I'm going to I'm going to switch it up on you guys. I think Ohio State's the best offense in this. And then LSU, wow. Oklahoma, and then Clemson.
0: So, DT, why don't you give us your um I mean, I have a feeling I know where you're going now, but give us your, you know, uh semifinal picks and then your national champion.
4: All right. Um I I think LSU's going to win. I think it's going to be like you said, a high-scoring game. I think like 45-37. 45 36 and Ohio State is going to beat the doors off of Clemson. I'm thinking 23 to 10. I think we're going to see a much more defensive struggle than we're expecting. Um and then I I'm going that. to Ohio State National Championship uh 34 23.
0: Interesting. Yeah. No, I don't I um I don't hate it. Um, you know, I – Ohio State's defense has received some flack the last few weeks. Shea Patterson was great in the first half, and then uh, mm-hmm. Wisconsin was able to run the ball in the first half. But I, I you mentioned Okuda's injury and uh, that Michigan game. Uh, Sean Wade, who's probably another first-round pick in that secondary, was uh, did not play against Michigan. I think that hurt him. Um, I'm, I'm really not so excited for a, a semifinal game uh, since the inception of the playoff, uh, this Clemson, Ohio state game. I think this is oh, the yeah. best and closest semifinal game we will have. Uh, DC did not think so, or DT, I'm sorry, did not think so. Uh, I think Ohio state will handle them, but I, I, I think it'll be really close. I think it'll be possibly the guest best game of the playoff. Um, I personally think Ohio State and Clemson are the two best teams in the country. Um, LSU's right there as well. Um, but I, I don't disagree that um, with the seeding. I think at this point, mm-hmm. LSU should be number one, like you mentioned uh, at the top of this segment. My, my one thing that I have an issue with, though, is LSU should have been number one the whole year. Yeah. I just – I don't understand the last-minute flip. I think uh, going into that, um, LSU should have been number one before that. Yeah. So I don't – I don't know. I, I didn't they understand were, the that. The committee together. was
1: very knee-jerk. Like they did that when they flipped it the first time, and then they flipped it because LSU dominated a pretty mediocre Georgia team, although Georgia was ranked four kind of by process of elimination whereas Ohio State struggled for a full half against a number, what, 11-ranked Wisconsin team. So they're very knee-jerk in how they did that, but I would agree there.
4: Yeah, Clemens, I I feel you 100% on that. Committee was all eye test. They're saying, oh, Ohio State keeps scoring all these points. I think them scoring 73 on Maryland made the committee think, oh, wow, they're this incredible football team that could smack everybody. But LSU's the clear number one. I mean, they've got the best resume we've probably ever seen in a college, mm-hmm. since the college football playoff came out
1: yeah but you're so drew's on he's on ohio state chad did you get to that point of your prediction yet
0: are Are we doing those predictions this week or did we oh, wait weigh?
1: you're right we should wait we'll blue ball him. we're gonna blue ball him until we have <laughs> our, our friggin selfish third man i'll say for the fourth time Connor. yeah
2: drew
0: um any other bowl games that stick out to you? You know, those get going in, you know, a couple weeks now. Are there any bowl games that are must watch in your eyes that you're going to be, you know, glued to the TV for? Um, I had a
4: couple of You, could also, Go you
1: could also view these as your favorite to bet on, if you would like. <laughs>
4: okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to start off with the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. That Oregon-Wisconsin game is going to be incredible, I think. Uh, I think both of those teams are extremely underrated. I mean, Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor should be in that Heisman race. That that man should be going to New York. Uh, it's it's ridiculous in my eyes that he's not even considered for it. But I think that that O line of Wisconsin versus the defense of line of Oregon is going to be a good matchup. And then I want to see what Justin Herbert can do on the big stage. Um, and then there was uh, there was one other one. Um it, kind of under the radar here. I want to see what Buffalo versus Charlotte.
1: Dude, I was <laughs> that that one kicks us off. Uh a, a short nine days away at 2 p.m. I was looking at that one. That one's in the Bahamas. Charlotte representing.
4: Right? It's that? crazy. They're both so hot right now. And uh, I mean what Charlotte I think is one 10 in a row, I believe, was what I just read. And Buffalo, I think, and is five. five. They're seven and five. Okay, so not that, not that much. But they've won, they've won
1: five in a row. They've won five, five in, a
4: in a row. Okay, okay. But still, I mean, that's, that, that's going to be a hell of a game. And I think that's just something that not a lot of people are looking at. And if I'm betting on that one, I'm taking Buffalo.
0: Oh, okay. You heard it here first, folks. John, one early lock I want to throw out there to the listeners. Uh,
1: I have one too, dude. I just got super excited about a game. <laughs>
0: okay, mine is pound everyone at home right now. Pound the under forty-two on Georgia Baylor. They they may <laughs> not score over twenty points total. Absolutely love the under there. I don't see. I see a ten-seven yeah. ball game.
1: Okay. All right, I don't hate it, dude. I I absolutely love the Cotton Bowl, Memphis against Penn State. Memphis is winning this one outright. I love them in here; like they are going to win this game.
0: I don't hate Memphis,
1: that. The, every year, the best of five team kind of shows out in their in their uh, New Year's Six Bowl or whatever this is. Like the whatever, what's the next layer after the playoff? Is it New Year's Six? Even though it's actually the twenty eighth. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like right, that's the right. same. It's the same day as like the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta and like what's the Rose Bowl, probably. I don't know, but dude, Memphis is going to win this game. Wow. I'm saying it outright. Penn State, I believe I saw James Franklin just got an extension. He's just going to be in la la land with all his new money, dude. He's not going to be coaching. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Memphis wins. All that's right. My early look ahead. That's my early look ahead here. I'm going to put it on the table.
0: A little teaser for next yeah. week.
4: Yeah. Um, since, before, uh, go yeah, ahead. since I won't be back, my lock of the bowl season, Notre Dame minus three and a half against Iowa State. You slam that. You put your mortgage on that. You, like you bet that. your firstborn son's name on that. They are going to ruin Iowa State. Iowa State like has it. looked so bad this year, and Notre Dame is looking to prove something, prove that they don't deserve all this flack for being an independent.
1: Dude, it is honestly unreal the spread is that small for a 10 and 2 and a 7 and 5. Kind of freaky, yeah. but I I honestly couldn't agree more. I was looking at that one cuz it's right underneath the Memphis Penn State game on the ESPN app. So I was looking at that and I was like, "Wow, Notre Dame is a slight favorite. I love it." The Camping yeah. World Bowl.
4: Oh, you so slam that nice. one. I, I
0: I I like that a lot as well. I mean, we yeah, we may Need to hire a few people after uh, tonight's episode, but uh, Drew, Chad's before we let you go, us. I I am. It's exciting. I really I'm done with Connor. I think we need to hire new people. But um, <laughs> Drew, before we let you go, uh, give me your thoughts on uh, the latest hire uh, down in uh, Gamecockland.
4: So I'm a I'm a huge fan of Bobo. I mean, at Georgia, me he showed he was an elite recruiter. Uh, the man, what I like the best about him is he's a Georgia boy. I mean, you saw his tweet today back in the 229. That's right down here in South Georgia. He's recruiting in my home state, which is where the best football players in this country come from. And I, I love it. I think he's going to transform that offense and turn Olinski to the next level.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty excited about it, too. Uh, how long was he at Colorado State? Four
0: no. He left the year Ricked or the year before Rick left. So I want to say he's been there three or four years. Okay.
1: Okay.
4: He was at Colorado State a total of five years.
2: Five years. And he ago. had a
4: he had a record of twenty-eight and thirty-five. So I mean, not the best, but the man you can't recruit to Colorado State. Who's gonna want to go to Colorado State? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and he might just be better in that, that coordinator capacity, role. quarterback yeah. coach capacity too. I mean. But, I mean, he, he worked with Stafford Murray and, and David Green. I mean, those were all good Georgia quarterbacks. Uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm he's excited in, as well.
0: Yeah, he had some offense, uh, some talent there. His last year may have been, the, if it was five years ago, so he would have been there that last year with. A.J. A.J. Girl- Green. Gurley, Michelle, Chubb, um, and then we he's got. Meant before that. Okay, but you know Chris Conley, a couple of those decent receivers as well. You know he made those offenses tick. So hopefully, well, yeah, I'm I'm indifferent with South Carolina, so I'd like to see them. Back, sounds like uh, you
1: got a little open. emotional right there. You got a little. You got. A, you felt it <laughs> a little bit.
0: I. I could I could place an over on South Carolina win total
1: next year. I could to next year. I'm ready to get hurt again. Chad, why would you do
4: that, man? We are consistently going to let you down. Everything, everything that, that I've learned as my six years of being a South Carolina fan is don't bet on my team.
0: You know, maybe I can help turn that luck around.
4: Please do, because we need it.
1: Maybe. <laughs> well... Drew, any, uh, any last minute thoughts here, uh, before we let you go and ride off onto your noble steed for the night?
4: Uh, can't think of anything. It's been a, been a pleasure being on with you guys. Hope to be back soon.
1: Absolutely. We will run it back. Chad, what do you got for the listeners to conclude the show?
0: I don't have much, you know, it's that time of year that it really just gets everyone excited, puts everyone in a good mood, uh, some parts of the country, like back up in the good old upstate New York, you got some snow on the ground. You know, you love to see it. Don't love the ice. I'll avoid Syracuse, New York. But uh, it was great having these guests on. Really good change of pace. Really done with Connor. So that's nice. And with that. I want to uh, say,
1: guys, get yourself a nice jacket for the season. It's getting cold out. Um, you want to look good. You want to look your best. I made some, some Cyber Monday shopping. It's been approved uh, by numerous outlets, I would say. You know, get yourself a, a nice outfit for the season. That's all I got.
0: Some uh, potential upcoming future guests that we are exciting uh, excited about. It's in the works right now. Uh, you know, a lot of John's friends. Uh, I love to have them. They're just enjoyable people. Hopefully we get the beautiful Alyssa on here sooner rather than later. Uh, but with that, uh, adios.
3: Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.